comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. I'm going to say uh-huh. until next time, so long, and then you say and goodbye. All right? Okay, can we try that a couple times? Yeah, sure, okay. Until next time, so long. And goodbye. Until next time, so long. And goodbye. Until next time, so long. And goodbye. <laughs> okay. All right, okay. I'm not going to forget this. I promise you. Okay. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Good morning! Out Now is a film podcast which has Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in a little discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a retro review that has to do with the main feature of the week, games, and other fun stuff. The main feature of the week is War Horse, Steven Spielberg's second movie of 2011, and this is episode 40 for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Joining us to discuss War Horse, we have from Fast Film Reviews and a man you can paint in black and white and call the artist, Mark Hoban. Hi, everyone. And from Awards Contenders and one man I'm not afraid to call a real iron lady, Mark Johnson. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Glad to be back. <laughs> and since we have two Marks and Aaron and Abe, we're having Marky Mark and Double A Batteries today. That's our that's our show <laughs> subtitle. Okay, so a few announcements. Um. I hope you all enjoyed our recent like bonus episode sweep that we had over basically December. Um, since we, we all had hectic schedules, we did our best to you know kind of fill in the gaps there. We, we did our Tintin show, our Girl with the Dragon Tattoo show, a couple. We did a commentary. We did a couple shows with the Walking Dead TV podcast, our sister podcast, which we enjoyed doing. That was fun fill in for. And uh, we did our best of 2011 show. So we really, really did a lot. <laughs> to, it was pretty packed. <laughs> Having hectic schedules made us do more shows than less, so hope everyone, yeah, hope everyone enjoyed it. And uh, if you did enjoy it, feel free to go to iTunes and give us some ratings or reviews. It's always always cool to get ratings and reviews on iTunes, and it helps our show out. It's you know really simple to do. So this is our first non-bonus episode of the year, I think. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, this, this this episode has a number. It's not a bonus episode. It's episode forty, and yeah, it's our first official 2012 real show. So you know, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so some of you guys survived. We still have our marks. I mean, Jordan died, but but, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, whoa, <laughs> he didn't actually die. Jordan's fine. He'll be back soon. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned our best of 2011 show, which brings me to a small announcement that I'm going to make. Um, I don't do this often, but I've seen a movie a number of times that I really, really enjoy, and it's enough that I'm actually going to shift it in my top ten position. And it's a pretty major shift because it's actually taken my number one position. As many know, I had Drive as my number one film of 2011. But honestly, Abe and Mark, you'll like this. I've seen Hugo three times now. And 
I'm yeah. moving into my number one movie of 2011. I, I honestly it just love Hugo so much, and uh, like every time I watch that movie, and I feel like it's a movie that I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep admiring years to come. And I, I love Drive. Drive Drive that makes Drive my number two. So it's still like a great movie, and I love watching Drive, and I can't wait to watch it again and own it and watch it, whatever. But I really love Hugo, and I really want it. I really want to just keep recognizing it. It's the movie I love talking about every time I bring up Hugo. So. No what what number did you have it at before? Seven. 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 Oh wow. <laughs> that was before I saw it for the good first time. I don't, yeah. It's... And yeah, I can't recommend enough seeing it while it's still in theaters in 3D, just right. because of the way Scorsese has made that movie. It's just a great movie have, to see. In have the... you seen it in 3D every time? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. I I've made it a point to do so. <laughs> so moving on. Um. Let's uh, let's well, we we haven't done this in a while. Let's do some know everybody, where we uh, ask each other a few questions, try to know everybody, be and set the tone for this uh, podcast. Um, let's see, I'll go first, and since we're doing Spielberg's War Horse, my questions are fairly Spielberg related. Mark Hoban, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mark Hoban, can you name a Spielberg scene from any of his films that really got to you emotionally? You know what. The the scene that I think got to me the most emotionally, and a lot of this has to do with the time that I saw it, but I I watched E.T. when I was very young, and that scene kind of near the end where Elliot finds E.T. lying kind of in the riverbed where yeah. he has been kind of left discarded, that scene probably affected me more, at least at that time, than any, you know, death scene or 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 person like in peril, sickness, than any scene up until that point. And I think I've always kind of gone back to that moment whenever I see any kind of a, a sad moment in a film when someone dies or there's you know, someone sick. And that that affected me more probably than anything. So um, I still think it probably would, would be sad to me, but uh, I, probably a lot of it had to do with when I saw it at, at the time, you know, how old I was. That but hurt, yeah, yeah, that. That's probably the most emotional. Yeah, that's just like I when I after I watched Super Eight, I watched ET again, and yeah, that's a scene. That's that's tough. There's some tough, some rough stuff mid toward in the mid in like the late second act of ET when they're like you know before things get all that's a that has some tough scenes. Too, I mean, I, it wasn't just it wasn't just a human being there. He was millions of miles away from home, and he's lying there on a strange planet discarded it just and it's all it really it's all like pale and like the, <laughs> next to the white it wasn't yeah it was i was I, I lost it there's there's two scenes i can think of that came to mind just because i i kind of like this question um the one is the first is um when adam goldberg gets knifed in the chest and sound saving private ryan mm. that, every time that scene is yeah. that is yeah. tough that, that's not necessarily emotionally <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. more like a visceral kind of thing i guess where it's just yeah that is a rough death scene <laughs> like Right. It's, not even, begging, it's, it's not even like, like it's Adam Goldberg too. It's like a funny guy where you're just like, oh, that's that's terrible. <laughs> it's all slow. Yeah, that's that's one. The other one, and this came out. Of, this is just like something I just thought of. Was like, oh, this. I think of this a lot. It's Temple of Doom. It's where um, it's where Indiana Jones slaps Short Round in the face, and, and it's just like oh, you've yeah. spent this whole movie, and it's kind of you know it's buddy, and they're they're good, they're like friends, and I mean. And then he, he get, eats, like, dark Indy, and he just slaps Short Round. And then Short, and Short Round, like, starts crying. He's like, Indy, I love you! And then he burns him. It is just... <laughs> <laughs> Great Short Round like, in the In the midst of Temple of Doom, of all movies, somehow he managed to do it, like, it's, he gets that little character moment in there where it's just, like, it gets you. It's like, ah, oh, Spielberg could do this. It makes it work. Anyway, Mark, you can go. <laughs> okay, uh, so, Mark, 
uh, since we're doing uh, War Horse this week, uh, what is your favorite film about an animal? Okay, that's kind of similar to the question I'm going to ask, but uh, my favorite film about an animal? Well, I'd have to probably say Jaws, since... <laughs> oh, cool. It's uh, yeah. a good choice. Stick, stick with Spielberg even more there. Um, yeah, <laughs> Jaws is... I'd probably have to go that route. Not nothing warm and cuddly like Old Yeller. I'm, I'm going to go the, the horror, <laughs> horror route of of Jaws. I'm wearing my Jaws shirt right now, actually. So you mean it wasn't Airbud? Oh, mine was a space Airbud or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the what was that kangaroo Jack or kangaroo Jack? <laughs> All right, I'll go. Uh, let's see here, Abe. Yeah. Uh, again, sticking with the warhorse theme. Uh, what was your favorite? animal from a film this year since we had we had a few animals from you know like beginners and the artists the dogs yeah. from those films and, and the horse and war horse when you mentioned beginner that's a, that's a cool uh that's a cool yeah. mention but it could it be animated because i was really digging yeah. snowy yeah. Yeah. snowy yeah. was really awesome yeah. in tintin we'll just do it tintin we'll just do it for spielberg <laughs> <Another>. oh yeah <laughs> I, I didn't realize but <laughs> our homage to spielberg uh, our... uh i'd yeah. say i'd say snowy Uggy from the artist and Rango. Those would be my answers. Yeah. Aaron, it, it, it's not the dolphin from the Dolphin Tale. That's. <laughs> that one, huh? <laughs> when he lost that fin, I just, you know, I thought it was. <laughs> okay, uh, Aaron. Yeah. Um, better animal acting. That wolf from the thing in the original. I mean, well, I guess in the in the carpenter, yeah, or the horse and war horse. I'd say that. Hmm. Well, I mean, war horse is all about the horse. There's so much horse in there. But I mean, what does it really do? It just rides, right? <laughs> <laughs> just kind of, it gets stubborn. Yeah, it just acts like a horse. <laughs> it just acts like a horse's ass. So I'm gonna say the wolf and the thing, just because it's really good. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. It has, there's a foreboding sense to how that wolf acts. It knows there's something hiding inside of it. All right. Um, Mark Johnson. Okay. What are you looking forward to most about Steven Spielberg's Lincoln? Oh, Daniel Day-Lewis, period. Anytime, uh, he's probably right up there with Bogart and, and Brando as my favorite actor of all time. So anytime he's, uh, he's in a movie, I'm first in line. So very excited to see what he does there. I'd say Daniel Day-Lewis's use of the hat. <laughs> <laughs> or that. Right. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go, uh, since we're going to talk about the Globes later, um, I'll go with uh, Mark. What uh, is there any one award you'd like to see go to any one in particular tonight? If you want to say best song for Romeo and Juliet, you can. I actually, I know that song too. I would actually like to see, since I sort of think that George Clooney is going to win, I would actually like to see Brad Pitt win for Moneyball. I really like that film, and I think he was really good in it, and I, I thought his performance was more understated, and it's nice to see that he is getting a lot of nominations in the different awards, but I'd actually, I'd like to see him win it. Yeah. So I, I don't suspect he will, but it would be nice if he did, so the, the element of surprise would be kind of nice. Cool. Yeah, I say, you say that, and I agree, I think he's very good in it, I think it is understated. I kind of, th I, <clears throat> I, th I think, I think Clooney's fairly understated in that role, too, I don't think it's very showy in The Descendants. Like, no, you're right, and and actually, I I thought Clooney was very good in The Descendants. Yeah, so I think because we both have very similar opinions about The Descendants. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be you know. Yeah, you would be you would be mad or anything. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. I mean, I he's it's definitely, and I like the fact that Clooney was not the hip, suave, cool Clooney, but more of a 
regular everyday guy. So yeah, uh, but I, I just feel like Clooney seems to be the one that has the edge, and I just I like the idea of Brad Pitt winning for that that film. Cool. Okay, uh, Abe. Yes. W- Warhorse, Black Stallion, Secretariat, or Sea Biscuit get in a fight. Who wins? <laughs> Well, Seabiscuit already has a disadvantage because he's blind in one eye. Uh, oh, no, that's the writer. My bad. Tobey Maguire. Um, <laughs> Wait, Seabis- no, but Seabiscuit gets injured, so he's not the best of the world. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I was, I was going to say Black Stallion straight out, but I was like, that Warhorse guy, I mean, he, he walks uh, through, like, a chain fence. Exactly. <laughs> Barbed wire, yeah. Yeah, right. like rows of it <laughs> so, so i i guess i'm gonna go with warhorse he, he seems i mean that, that like really that he was a really beautiful looking horse i mean i, I, was, I don't know i mean joey seems stubborn to me yeah <laughs> he seems like a jerk he seems but... he seems like more of a stubborn horse than one that's really capable secretariat had a huge heart and that thing <laughs> do you know how how much how what how how much he won that race by i mean honestly secretariat would kill these people <laughs> <laughs> Real world versus acting. So take if, the, if, if there was a if there is a murder mystery movie and it starred all these horses, I think that Secretary was the killer all along. <laughs> You'd probably be right. <laughs> Mark Johnson, who would you rather have as your sidekick, Joey the Warhorse, or Snowy from Tintin? You can't ride Snowy. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Snowy in that case because he he seems to make for the better partner whereas warhorse just kind of joey just kind of steals the show i think so i gotta be number one what, what so. time period would this be in <laughs> because if there's no cars around ah I mean. uh, right that's a good point i'll still take snowy mm. yeah, good, good choice okay so that's uh that's gonna wrap it up for know everybody and i think we all sufficiently know everybody a little bit more and uh yeah so with all that done, let's get to movie trailer talk, where we try to discuss a couple of the latest movie trailers. And oh, it's been a while since we did like a whole one of these segments. But um, let's see. The first trailer we can discuss is um, oh, uh, Men in Black Three, the <laughs> latest Men in Black film starring Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, and I believe is still directed by Barry Levinson. And is most like no, it is in 3D, of course. <laughs> so <laughs> this one, um, from what I can tell from the teaser, this one has. J and K returning, and something happens to K, and J needs to time uh, these letters. Uh, <laughs> J, J needs to time travel back in time to find young K, who's played by uh, dead ringer Josh Rowland for Tommy Lee Jones. So, with all that said, I guess, what are you guys' thoughts on the first Men in Black movies, and what do you think about this new one coming up? I'll start with uh, Mark J. So I said J. You see what I did there? I did see that. <laughs> It's been uh, it's been about ten years or so now, right? Since the second one. Yeah, it was like two thousand two. Yes. Yeah, I don't. I honestly have very little memory of the second one. The first one I enjoyed. <laughs> I remember being entertaining, but there's a reason right. why I didn't remember the second one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nod your head. I'll, I'll probably have to go back and watch the first two over again before seeing the new one. It, <laughs> it looks you're not it looks lost. Fun. No, right? Exactly. <laughs> it looks fun though. Brolin Brolin looks like he pulls off a pretty good impersonation of yeah, somehow uh, like the, in the five seconds he's on screen he's like it's like right. oh, i get this all right, right. <laughs> i have to i have to ask is is his voice dubbed or is that really his voice i wonder about that too i, th- I think that was, josh I think that was talented enough that he could pull it up yeah yeah i think that was his voice wow then then i'm impressed with that i i thought um 
you know, like you said, you mentioned it's been 10 years. Uh, Men in Black 2, I, I do remember the film, and I, I remember not liking it that much. Um, not, I mean, nowhere near as much as I loved the first one, which I thought was was quite an outstanding film. And, uh, you know, Barry Sonnenfeld, I don't know. I mean, he's... Sonnenfeld, I said Levinson, my bad. <laughs> Barry Sonnenfeld. Oh, oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah. But yeah, Sonnenfeld, you know, the last film, the last film he directed was RV. And uh, that's all I'll say about that. But <laughs> I, I, the the trailer looks kind of amusing, and uh, you know I, I I I might see it, but it's just I, I don't think I don't have it's not high on my on my list. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't too keen on uh, seeing it the first time, the trailer the first time, and then I, I think I warmed up about the second time when I was kind of more just feeling it and just going with it. It's kind of taking a while for the third one to come out, so I don't know if uh, people are gonna be like you know going crazy over it but i do really enjoy the movie posters for this uh men in black three really? you don't think it's pretty... like an eyesore to stare at those no they're, they're clever i like it <laughs> all right yeah i uh yeah i really like the first men in black the second one the best thing i can say about the second one is that's the movie where i fell in love with rosario dawson in but um yeah nothing, nothing about the second one really stands out i really hate the ending of the second one too that's that's something that always bugged me but um I think it's the it's the power of Will Smith's charisma that I'm like, all right, I can see another third Men in Black movie. I, I can do that. And he has not aged since Men in Black 1, apparently, because he oh, looks exactly he, the he same. Oh, he still looks yeah. good in that yeah, film. He yeah, look, he, do, he, he looks like Will Smith. <laughs> it's the Illuminati, man. It's the Illuminati. <laughs> he's, he's whipping his hair. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean... It, it's hard to be like, oh yeah, I, it, it's a it's a Will, it's a new Will Smith action comedy movie. That's kind of where I'm at opposed to. I really hated that second one, and yeah, I'm curious how it will do. But it's a big Willie weekend. It's a big Willie Memorial Day weekend, so um, I'm sure the interest will be there enough. I guess. Anyway, let's uh let's move on to our next trailer. It is for The Hunger Games, a popular. Uh, young adult novel series um, about, well, it's basically Battle Royale for kids. Well, Battle Royale is kids, so scratch that. It's just um, the American version of Battle Royale. You have a number of kids from different areas in a future-ish kind of setting, and they're all chosen to face off to the death against each other in a big arena game setting known as the Hunger Games. And this one stars Jennifer Lawrence as Katniss, the lead... Uh, lead female character in this in this film and among a host of other actors actually like elizabeth banks lenny, lenny kravitz woody harrelson donald sutherland yes i said lenny kravitz second <laughs> um, <laughs> um, i know there's a lot of anticipation for this movie um it's kind of i don't want to say it's the next twilight but it is a popular book series that a lot of Jeez. teens are going to go and see but with that said i know this has higher regard than the twilight's book series so if all that in mind um marks abe what do we think? Well, I just uh, got the books, the trilogy for uh, Christmas. So I'm, I just started the, the Hunger Games just to kind of get a feel for it early. I'm a big Jennifer uh, Lawrence fan, so mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what she can do. And I like what Gary Ross has done previously. Pleasantville was one of my favorite movies. I, I like how there. we could say from the director of Dave in Pleasantville comes right. the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> he did actually. He did Sea Biscuit too, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he did. So a little tie into War Horse there. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. See, the release date kind of scares me that it was March rather than over the summer. Uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if that matters. That but. that mid March date is generally like that's like the the summer light date where it's like summer's yeah. crowded. Might as well have so that's like you know like 300 right. out in the summer or sorry in March. Uh, 
Battle LA is a bad example. The Battle LA came out in March. It's kind of like the summer, <laughs> the summer action movie that comes out in March kind of position. Right. I'm not really familiar with the uh, book series, but when I see the trailer, it it's very reminiscent of uh, some of these other films like Logan's Run and uh, The Running Man. Yeah. So, exactly. and I don't quite understand. I don't understand the idea of like children fighting to the death. I mean, in Logan's Run, <laughs> they had to reach the age of thirty at least, but here it's like really why I don't. They're gonna have well, to somehow explain to me why why people would want to see children fight to the death. It just sounds a little odd. But I mean, there's the a cast. There's a reason. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There. I'm sure there is. It's a dystopia and all that. But, uh, you know, as, if, as long as it can bring something original to it, the, the cast looks amazing. And actually, the look of the trailer looks, you know, quite good. I mean, it has a really, like, quality production. And it looks like a few of the actors actually get to sort of ham it up in these, like, you know, you know roles. Kind of like Richard Dawson in uh, Running Man. Yeah. really, like, <laughs> get to, like, overact and everything. So I kind of like that sort of uh, – I like that. I think it's called for in these kind of films. So – I'm definitely optimistic about it. I'm not feeling it. I'm just gonna straight. It, I'm just gonna put it right <laughs> out there. I'm just not really feeling this trailer. Not really feeling the movie. I've heard that really, really good things about the the books. Uh, so I hope that I'm wrong. But yeah, I just wasn't feeling it. Just to correct myself, I said Barry. I sorry. I said Gary Ross um, directed Dave. He didn't direct Dave. He wrote Dave. But oh, okay. he only he made Pleasant, Pleasant Bill and Seabiscuit. Right. He wrote he wrote Dave and okay. Big. I thought, hmm, I thought he directed more movies. He's only directed those th these three so far. But anyway, um, in regards to Hunger Games, I have read the first book, which is good. Okay. I, I enjoyed it. I was just, given that, giving knowing that I was like, well, this just looks like Battle Royale, so I gave it a read, and I was like, oh, well, this, is, this is pretty good actually. And with that, <clears throat> with that said, with watching the trailer, I like the trailer quite a bit. I think it does enough to establish what the movie's about. Shows off some of the cast and doesn't give away much in terms of where things are going to go beyond the basic premise and some, you know, slick looking shots. And I'm curious to see what Gary Ross can do with this movie of all, of all directors. And I know Steven Soderbergh is a very like second unit director on this movie, which is like a weird thing to happen. But hmm. it's it's fact. apparently. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see Hunger Games. Well, uh, that's a little trailer talk. And with all of that out of the way, I guess we can get to our... Uh, Review for War Horse. England is at war! We are at war! I promise you that I'll look after him. And if I can, I'll return him to your care. He's my also. So that was a little bit of the trailer for Steven Spielberg's War Horse, the new World War One period drama starring Joey the Horse. But stars a, <laughs> it stars a, a number of actors, including Jeremy Irvine as the lead boy, uh, Peter Mullen, David Thewlis, uh, Benedict, Cum Benedict Timothy Carlton Cumberbatch. Um, Bravo. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Tom Hiddleston. Emily Watson. There's a there's a lot of nice character actors, English character actors. But this is the film about 
Joey, actually. We uh, follow the journeys of Joey, a horse who we've, <laughs> we see from birth, go on to um, basically come under the care of many different owners. The story's kind of it's divided up into vignettes, essentially, where you have... It starts out in the care of a, of a boy and his family on a farm and then moves on to World War One and becomes the property of many people during the war. And the through line involves uh, the boy trying to find his horse, essentially. But yeah, we kind of follow the how Joey, in some ways, maybe sometimes tangentially, affects the lives of many throughout uh, around World War One. And uh, yeah, that's the basic premise of the film. Um, Mark... Uh, Johnson, what did you think of War Horse? Um, you know, I wanted to like it a little bit more than I than I ended up liking it. It was um, anytime Steven Spielberg makes a film, you know, I'll be one of the first to see it. But uh, I guess I was expecting something less family oriented, and I think that was probably my mistake going in because it is. They make no mistake about it from the very get go that it is a family film. There's you know moments that might come off cheesy if you're expecting anything else. Um, early on, especially with the with Peter Mullen's character and and the and the boy taking on the horse, etc. Um, but aside from the over sentimental use of storyline, I think what they did technically was pretty fantastic. Uh, I enjoyed the cinematography. I think the sound of the film was was maybe its strongest point, uh, and, and John Williams' score is you know typical great john williams swelling score so uh, i, I like the film a lot i just didn't love it and uh yeah that's about where i stand on it mark hoban uh i really loved it um i thought that it was sort of a grand saga and sort of the classic hollywood tradition and i think steven spielberg was really working kind of at the peak of his powers in terms of um, cinematography and, and music, and I realize he, he's, I mean, the, there are other people responsible for these things, but, I mean, under his guidance, um, I thought he did a really masterful job of kind of in getting your emotions involved, and yes, it's it's very sentimental, and it is based on a children's novel, so it, it, it's, it wasn't surprising to me that it did have a very sort of family-oriented, you know, gist to it, yeah. but um, I thought that it, it was it was well done, and and I I liked the way there was lots of little vignettes where the horse kind of passes hands from one person to another, and I pretty much actually enjoyed every single vignette that he involved in. I liked all of his adventures, and I thought there was sort of a mixture of um, you know the harsh reality of war mixed with you know sentiment sentiment, and I, I thought it it worked for me. I, I so overall I, I really enjoyed it, and yeah, it was a little bit sentimental in parts but i i kind of ate it up i just i sort of i was there along for the ride and i it didn't bother me along for the ride (laughs) um well i wish it was called we bought a horse no i don't wish that but um mark i was kidding i actually mark hoban i completely agree with everything you just had to say actually i i it it's very it's very it has very melodramatic parts but they all worked for me i think the movie's gorgeous the cinematography by janos kaminsky is really impressive just like there's as cool as some of the like just the great like wide shots are of some of like and there are some really great sweeping shots in this movie there's stuff like there's a camera placed on top of a plow at one point and that's just i don't i haven't seen that before and that's a really cool shot of just like a plow going into the ground and i thought that there's little fake touches like that that are really cool as well as just all the little 
Spielberg camera touches where like there's a windmill and it it's used in an appropriate way that fits the tone of the film and I know exactly. What yeah, you know mean. what I'm talking yeah. about. There's a it's shot. It's a harsh. It's a harsh scene. There's right, a harsh scene that uses a windmill to great effect. Yeah, and there's a there's a shot. There's a scene involving a, a large, um, a lot of war horses charging into battle, and as they do, there's like a there's there's shots of like the horses charging through a campsite, and there's like a camera inside a tent, and like a horse sweeps through it, and you see like the <laughs> papers fly in the air, and people fall back. It's just these little touches where like this is why you this is this is seeing Spielberg at work here. This is seeing him like apply his kind of style to a war scene or an action sequence and it's just like it's nice to see these kind of shots along with yes there's a lot of there there's a lot of sentiment but i like seeing all these different characters i liked how the story is divided into vignettes i thought it was kind of a, a neat approach to this kind of story and yeah it's not i will it, it i wasn't going in thinking this is going to be another private ryan or munich i was thinking okay this is like a this is a pg-13 world war one kind of family oriented drama and I can get to kind of what I can compare it to in my retro review as to how I can relate it to things that are better or worse, but I really dug it. I think John Williams goes a little bit over the top of the score at times and the end is particularly a big moment of that, including the lighting in that scene. There's a, there's a great old fashioned way lighting. that it ends, but um, well, yeah. it recalls another film. Oh yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> but, Very but, uh, explicitly. Yeah, as I, and there's some other key sequences that I really like to discuss when we get into this more. But yeah, overall, I I really I was I really enjoyed this movie, and I was I was I was a little surprised to see like this is like one of the more controversial movies to like apparently over like just yeah. because of how sentimental the film is. But with all that said, I'll let Abe go, then we can talk about more of that later. Sure. Um, I'm in Mark Johnson's boat, uh, and it it wasn't that I didn't like it; I thought that it was good uh, a lot of the technical aspects, but I just I guess I was not really digging how a lot of the... I liked the vignettes, but I wasn't digging how... The, it was pretty superficial. It was, it was like, you know, the father or the grandfather and his granddaughter kind of thing. And then the two brothers. I mean, that that two brothers one, that was pretty... That was, that was a nice vignette. Um, and then there was like the horse guy at the end, the, the German horse guy. And it was just really ridiculous line of, run! And I was like, what? This is not making me feel any better about this movie. And then why would the tank be ta targeting the horse? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, like, really, one of the largest things I thought of was, like, in the beginning, when they're first establishing, you know, the, the tone of the film, the mood, I was like, this is exactly how I think of, like, the sad, deplorable life of Samwise Gamgee. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just, it's just, you know, his wife is yelling at him. He can't do the drunk. He lives in the Shire still. He can't crop. He can't grow any crops, and so it's just man. This is exactly. I really Sam want to see this spinoff series now involving Sam because <laughs> he's like growing older and he's a drunk. <laughs> he's like a miserable guy. He owes people money. <laughs> None of this would have happened if Frodo stayed. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I just thought that uh, the direction, the art direction, and beautiful cinematography, but it was just a flat in terms of storyline. So. Um, I can't really give it like a super high praise, uh, but it, I mean, it was good, but it just wasn't great. Yeah. What do you guys think about the, uh, there was one scene in particular for me and I don't want to, uh, I'll try and avoid spoilers here, but there's one scene in particular where everything kind of just stops and it goes into this. Yeah, it is. The no man's scene? Yeah. The anti-war, uh, message that he, that he gets there. And I, I, I 
that scene in particular, for some reason with me, kind of just made me go, what? Like, I, I just didn't buy... The tank scene? Right after the tanks, he, yeah, yeah. He's, caught, he's caught in the wire. Yeah, it's yeah the no, the no man's land meeting right. scene. That's the scene that I put in my notes because I was going to bring it up because that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I um, okay. <laughs> everything about that scene of how and it, I mean to be it takes place during the kind of the Christmas ceasefire. That's kind of the the setting of that, and there's there's logic applied to why there wouldn't just be constant fighting happening in in that scene, but. I really, I enjoyed that scene. I enjoyed the, I enjoyed how the conversation between, between two different parties played out as they were, as they were trying to work out a situation. I, I, I enjoyed how that played out. I liked the, the tone of that scene. I liked the energy of it. I liked the, um, what's behind these two parties motivations of they're not there to, neither of them are there because they have strong opinions against the other. It's more of they're just doing a duty A job. Yeah. 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 And I, for that reason, I really I liked the, I liked how that worked out. I liked the. Did you recognize the actor in that scene? Yes, I did actually. The the American from the Rock and Rolla. Rock and Rolla. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, I I really I like that scene in particular. Um, I like that scene uh, because I think it was one of the more I guess adult scenes in terms of well you know it's it's not about the the kid anymore and not about the horse. It's kind of just about how people are pretty normal and then war just kind of you have to be on your country's side kind of thing. So you know. It was kind of tongue-in-cheek when he's asking for some extra equipment and, like, ten sets of equipment come flying in. But I think I liked it. I appreciated that scene for what it was saying. Um, and also just uh, visually, it was actually really nice, too. There's a lot of, like, fog play, and it was it was just actually a really nice uh, setup. Yeah, I, think I'm, I think I'm alone, then, with... Uh, it just came off a little bit heavy-handed with the message. And I, and I like, there's a lot of anti-war films. I like, like, uh, you know, all quiet on the Western front or passive glory. You know, there's some great, you know, anti-war films that <laughs> you just do named like two of the best. Yeah. yeah. Passive <laughs> glory is an amazing film, but there's not oh, many movies yeah. about world war one. That's not a, right. a war that's well represented in film compared to like world war two for, I mean, fairly obvious reasons, I guess, because world war one is an ugly war. It's a really ugly war. Yeah. There's a lot, yeah. it's not a, it, a lot of people died in that war. Um, for, Reasons like World War Two seems that that's like the war where you, you kind of get it. You're like, God, right. Hitler's taking shit over. We gotta stop this bad man. <laughs> World War One's a little more. There's a lot of tricky gray area in World War One. That's like a really kind of nasty war that happened, and a lot of nasty deaths happen. But so when you see films about World War One, I, I kind of look forward to it just because it's an interesting one to, to, to cover. And Pabs of Glory in particular, that's a great movie. I love that movie from a uh, from Kubrick. That's a with Kirk Douglas. That's a that's a really it's really one of those movie. Kubrick's films that doesn't get as much talk right. about. As, I know, yeah. As and I, it recently, it, but it's, it's wonderful. It recently had a Criterion Blu-ray release, and I immediately snatched that up because that's <laughs> I really I really like that movie quite a bit. But yeah, that. What what are some of the World War One movies? Yeah, um, Fight on the Restaurant mm-hmm. Front. Um, yeah. A very long engagement from the director of Amelie, John. I can't pronounce his name because right? I don't <laughs> have it in front of me. <laughs> but. Well, uh, it, uh, Legends of the Fall takes place. I think there's brief war scenes of yeah, World War yeah. One there. Brad Pitt. Um, so Lawrence of Arabia has to do with uh, yeah, his yeah. experiences uh, during World War One. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to mention just uh, as far as like the different um, you know things that they present in the film. I really liked when the the horse fell into the hands of the Germans, and then he uh, Joey the horse met that other black horse. And their relationship, I actually found very affecting. I mean, normally it's it's hard to get you know drama or a relationship 
when you're not dealing with people. And mm -hmm. I thought actually the relationship between the black horse and, and I don't remember if he had a name, but um, it was kind of a bromance that they had. It, I actually, <laughs> I found it kind of affecting, I, surprisingly. Yeah. I didn't expect to uh, enjoy that, but I thought I thought it was well presented. The, uh, the, yeah. the second yeah. they introduced the black horse, the, the way it's shot, I kept thinking, like, Sam Jackson's going to say, who's the new guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think what they did as far as pulling off the performances of the horses uh, was pretty incredible. You know, I, I, I think the best performances in the film come from the horses themselves. I think right. that's kind of what holds me back a little bit from enjoying it completely was I, I didn't buy into uh, Mullen's performance or um, what's his, what's the... Irvine? Irvine yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jeremy. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, in terms of, you're not going to see best actor nominations for this movie, right. just because, sure. uh, yeah, the characters aren't given enough depth that they're more, they're fairly two-dimensional. Yeah. Um, you've got, like, I mean, you've got Emily Watson, David Thewlis, yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch, Tom Hiddleston. you got some really great actors, and oh, none of them really yeah. stand out that much. I mean, Tom I, I think they do good work. Yeah, they yeah that I agree with that. They do good work with what they're given to do. Right. I think yeah. I think Tom Hiddleston. I, I, when I first saw Thor, that was uh, my uh -huh. favorite part was, was Hiddleston from uh, as Loki or yes, as Loki. But, yeah, I believe Abe agrees yeah. with you on that. Too. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, he was, I was really a big fan of that. And I I'd, I'd never heard. I didn't know who he was or anything like that before that. But he I didn't really like Thor too much, but he really stood out to me. And then seeing him again in Midnight in Paris. Yes. And, he was F. Scott Fitzgerald in that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm real excited to see uh, his career continue. He's he's been great in everything I've seen him in. So, yeah, and Dave, you can see him as Loki again in Avengers. So. Coming out this summer, 2012. But um, yeah, yeah, I because yeah, I think Tom Hiddleston comes the closest, I guess, to getting the most out of a out of a character and you know the small time that he has on in the film. Um, Which vignette did you guys find most compelling? Okay, that's a good question. Probably the two brothers. Yeah, that one was pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah, that was rough. I also did like the Tom Hiddleston Benedict Cumberbatch. That's I, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Officer. Yeah. Yeah. Like Hard the three officers. Yeah. That one was that was pretty. That was a devastating scene the way they that Spielberg yeah. got it. It's so. yeah, because it, it shows kind of old warfare and new warfare taking place as you know they have war horses leading a charge versus oh we have machine guns. <laughs> And then I like the German officer's explanation at the end. Like I was like, yeah, didn't Tom, or didn't Benedict Cumberbatch think about that? So, I mean, they were clearly Timothy Carlton Cumberbatch. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, he clearly knew that they were outnumbered. So I was like, didn't he think about this? But I don't know. I guess when the Kool Aid is flowing, everyone's drinking. And as cheesy as it is, I did like the plow stuff early on. I like he worked hard, and the yeah. raid happened, and then he got the plow. And the whole entire village showed up the out of nowhere. <laughs> David, David, Where did that come from? David Thewlis is playing like a huge jerk the whole time. Like, wow, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. so much stubbornness going on in that early scene too, with the auction, and oh my god, <laughs> like I like Peter Bowen a lot. I think he's a very good character actor, but man, <laughs> just making the wrong decisions in this movie. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. How are you gonna pay for that, you idiot? <laughs> for that scene, I really didn't like the mom in that scene. She's just chilling out upstairs. She realizes there's a crowd, and she just knits. And then later, she's like, "That's my son." 
stay away from him. Hey, hey, hey don't, 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 don't Emily, Emily Watson, she's, she, she held up that, she held up that, that knitting needle up to David Dool was like, you back off. Yeah, but I mean, like, she didn't do anything when there was the crowd gathering, and I was like, man. She waited for the time to be right. It was building. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> have you, uh, have you guys been following the, uh, the award trail for Warhorse right now, and how it's uh, shockingly being at, uh, left off a lot of lists? The biggest surprise was it got left off the American Society of Cinematographers uh, nominees, which was to me shocking because I thought it would be between uh, Kaminsky. Is that how you say his name? James yes. Kaminsky. Yeah. It, I thought it'd be between him and Lebeski for the Tree of Life when it came down to Oscar, but. Um, they got they, they got left off for that list. They got I, left I have, off. But to add to that, I believe because I yeah. read this, I believe Kaminsky resigned from the the couple of the, from the cinematographers um, guild. Guild would be guild. Really? Yeah, I believe he he, he's, yeah. he hasn't been a part of it, so that's why he wasn't. Yeah, like, I wonder if that might. Be yeah. Then. Mm. yeah, and then the art got left off. Art directors guild. It got left off the writers uh, guild, and then the directors guild uh, surprisingly went with. Uh, Fincher, right? Fincher, yeah, Fincher over Spielberg. So it's kind of, it's kind of. Uh, it was at one point considered one of the favorites to win Best Picture. Now it's looking more like on the edge of even getting in, in the field. Well, we don't even talk about Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close anymore. So right, right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird because like I, I really love this movie. I, I don't, lo- I don't love this movie. I really like this movie. I think you love it. I think it's you're very, a horse lover. I think. I'm not really. I don't, I'm not, I don't really particularly like horses, actually. But uh, I don't. I think it's. I. I don't really. I don't. But do horses love you? I, camels don't, and they're in the same family, so I hold them all accountable. But um, I. I really like this movie. I think it's very good. So it's kind of weird that I. I don't necess, I don't think it needs to get as that much awards praise in terms of like I don't think it needs to be nominated for best picture necessarily. But I do like this movie quite a bit. I think positive buzz or negative buzz can kill a film. And I think before this film even came out, the expectations were, oh, this is the grand statement of the whole year from Steven Spielberg. And this is going to be this is going to win Best Picture. And then when it came out, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the picture that people were expecting. And so then there was sort of a reaction against it. But if you can kind of just watch it as just sort of a a, just a, you know, a a warm, sweet movie, you know, it, it, it succeeds in that in that area. That's what I yeah that's mm. that's how I kind of been regarding it and that's why I've been finding yeah. it weird that for some, like of all movies this is the one where it's being like well Spielberg's just making this movie to, to make you cry and he has too much heart <laughs> in it and it's like that's a problem like I honestly like it's just a good I just well, I think sometimes what people might react against is seeing the director's hand and it is sentimental and for some reason in, for me when i was watching it it didn't bother me but i think for some people they can sort of see oh i can see him trying to you know i mean from the very first opening shots they show the 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 horse being born yeah. you know it's like mm-hmm. oh my gosh i can see right now that he's trying to get us to love the horse it's like well, we already love the, we already love horses it's not like you have <laughs> to convince us of that but but yeah so i think there's a little bit of that but you know i i i enjoyed it yeah, I'll definitely need to see it again. I think I might have to take a second shot at it as well. Uh, right. But, I mean, I don't know if anything's really going to change much. I did, but really, I mean, I, I really enjoyed, uh, not really enjoyed, but I thought it was well-crafted. Yeah, the from the technical it, aspect, I think this movie's, like, at the very least, I mean, the, I, I can understand not loving this movie and not, like, maybe not, like, yeah. liking this movie, but I can't see anyone hating this movie just because of how well it put together it is. Like, it's, it's such right. a yeah. it's such a great-looking movie, and there's so Especially much... Especially, like, you know, the sweeping scenes, but also the war scenes, how 
I mean, it's kind of like a Saving Private Ryan kind of stuff, but I mean, it's really just devastating to see that war does cause all this stuff. Uh, There's the this, uh, this death to, to these little teenage kids. Yeah, like the uh, the trench warfare stuff. That's cool, but the, I mean, cool. It's like it's that's such a <laughs> the trench warfare. It's well filmed. It's it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. intense. There's like there's it's it's really well handled. But the scene of Joey just running through no man's land. That's like that's just that's just great. That's just a great 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 directed scene. Just of did it remind you of Artex? Of Artex <laughs> from the Never Ending Story. The no. best word. Okay. The best yeah, 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 yeah. Of all time. <laughs> Betray you. Shadow facts, maybe. <laughs> Shadow facts. Forgot about Shadow facts. Alcor. Okay. Um. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I, to to go on with the, your uh, well filmed scene, there was the part where he he's got the grenade, and I was like, wow, that is really fantastic. The way that his hands are super shaking, like his it's not really those gusto. Yeah, I'm gonna pull the pin, and there it goes. It's actually really really tough for him to do it because he's amped up, he's really nervous, he's really scared for his life, and I was just thinking that was a, that was a nice touch. I, I would never have thought about that because clearly I have not been to war, so. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a nice touch. And to add on to the Samwise thing, his wife's name is Rosie. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> and he was gonna make glue out of Joey in the beginning. Like I was like, that can't be real. <laughs> so. Um, last thing, uh, John Williams score. What did we What did we think of John Williams score in this movie? I liked it a lot. I, I know a lot of people have have said you know over the top rotor, but it's I liked it. I enjoyed it. I yeah, good. I I thought it was really good. It's one of the best things about the film, I think, and yeah, one of the things yeah. that sets the mood is is his score. So it's memorable for sure. Right. It's it sets the mood, all right. That's for sure. It does exactly what it needs to do. Right. I'm not. I wasn't in love with the score. It was like, okay, there it is again. But I I do I like I like certain tracks a lot. There's a lot, especially during like the war scene. There's a lot of good tracks that you're, like, a lot of the battle scene stuff. There's a lot of good use of the school it, it's mainly just the joey's theme when it starts to play basically kind of, <laughs> at some points i'm like yeah i get it <laughs> coming off of the off of his his tintin score which i, I well, pretty fun I, I was like okay here's the more traditional sweeping epic score and it's good so yeah. here's a question for you guys what's ventures of tintin score or warhorse score where do you stand i like the tintin score i'd probably go warhorse i don't think i don't think either of them have a necessary, like a, well, Warhorse. I mean, if I heard it, I could probably identify it. No, I can still, I could probably identify either one if I heard so, it. Yeah. I feel, I yeah. feel the opposite. I, I feel like Warhorse, I can identify, and the Adventures of Tintin, I, I can't even remember the score. Yeah, I'm, I'm there too. Yeah. Like, if you played that Joey theme, I'd be like, oh gosh, like, oh, wow, <laughs> I see beautiful fields and stuff like that. And then with, with Tintin, I'm just, I, I can't really recall it. I can't, I can't hum it as we said in the past episode. I can't. I just. I can't hum the Warhorse score either. I, I. If I. If I could hear either one, I feel like I'd be able to identify either one. So. Okay. Well, um, with all that in mind, let's uh, go for rating here. Um, each week on the show, we try to establish when you should go and see this movie, as opposed to a number or like a thumb or whatever. Um, so we have a scale that goes from IMAX theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO TV, or just kind of forget about it. So with all that in mind, Mark Johnson, where would you put it on that scale? Uh, I think it it should be probably theater. I think you should definitely get out and see it. I think there's a lot of other films I'd put above it right now, but I'd go theater. Hoban? Uh, it's yeah. I would also say theater. I I think I liked it more than you did, uh, Mark. But um, I, I would uh, theater. It definitely deserves to be uh, right. watched on a big screen and all that. Yeah, as yeah. I completely agreed with Mark, 
I would say theater as well. <laughs> uh, I'd say dollar theater. I mean, it's already been out for a while, so it's probably already maybe is at a dollar theater. But you should see it on the big screen. You just don't really have to see it right away. All right. So with all that said and done, that will conclude our review of War Horse. And um, generally, we re- move on to box office segment. But um, yeah, we generally do box office. But box office, we haven't predicted anything for quite a while. So there's no real reason to. But in its place, I'll just say some quick words about the film Contraband by, from Mark Wahlberg, a movie that we had some fun making fun of in the past. But yeah, I saw it, and it's not bad. For a January <laughs> escapist fun movie, it's not a bad movie. It's it's fine. It's completely fine what it does. It's like a it's like a harder edged gone in sixty seconds is the best way I can put it. And it does what it does and it does it well enough for um, for a mild recommendation for me. Glad that's, to hear. That's where I go with that. So with that done, let's uh, move on to our retro review where uh, we try to discuss a couple films that in some way relate to the main feature of the week. And uh, since we talked about War Horse, I have a few in mind. But anyone else? Um, Mark uh, Mark Johnson, do you have any movies in mind you thought of while watching War Horse? Maybe something like Seabiscuit or Black Stallion or any of the other horse uh, movies that have come out recently. The uh, Secretariat. But nothing in particular. No, nothing struck me similar. Mark Hogan? Um, well, it just reminded me of old sort of classic Hollywood films. So I, I thought of uh, The Yearling, which is a Gregory Peck film. Oh, it's about cool. a, with a boy and a deer, and it's very sweet and, and heartwarming. Yeah. Um, and I also, I don't think I'll mention the scene, but there's one scene that really reminds me of Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, totally. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was expecting them to start saying, tomorrow is another day, as God is my witness, I'll never be hungry again. Yeah, that would have been weird if Joey said that. <laughs> He didn't, but he, he might as well have said it. The scene definitely recalls it. Rise of the planet of the war horse. <laughs> I was thinking they're going to have something like that, where the two horses, they just they just have on-screen narration. If the movie made more money, that would have happened, but, you know. <laughs> Abe, anything in mind? Um, I thought of Babe, uh, the, the talking pig. Mm-hmm. Horse in the of, City? No, just the first one. Okay. Um, because of the duck. That was in this movie. Uh, <laughs> that totally reminded me of Ferdinand, but uh, uh, Anna Green Gables, uh, Brokeback Mountain, because of the sweeping shots. Anna Green Gables, that was okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and same Private Ryan, and a little bit of Indian in the cupboard. I don't know why, but I was like, that's, mm, that's, that's random. Yeah. <laughs> that is random. I was like, but you yeah, have to explain you know, that. I like the sentiment of the child's story in Indian in the cupboard. I remember reading that in like fourth grade, and I was like, I was tearing up at the end. When Omri opens the case and he's back to like this plastic toy Indian. I was like, no, Omri. Anyway. Movies I had in mind were movies that kind of, from last year, that had that kind of sentiment quality to it, but kind of rose above it just because of the quality of the... Well, first I'm going to say We Bought a Zoo, which I don't think rises above it, but it's still, it's a good, it's a, it's a decent movie. It's a movie I completely understand why it came out on Christmas Day, because it's completely for families and it's very, very sweet. And uh, the other is The Help. Um, which is, which I saw, I had not seen until during the winter break and, um, I was really into it and I think it's because of the power of the acting in that movie, which rises above how the movie kind of, it doesn't necessarily sidestep racial politics, but it doesn't go into heavier territory. And I don't think it tries to just like, I don't think Warhorse tries to be something darker like Munich or Saving Private Ryan. It does what it does because that's the movie it's trying to be and I think the help kind of does the same thing where it, it addresses some issues in a light 
sort of way, but I think it has strong acting in it that kind of makes it better. I can see why it became so popular during the summer. And Empire of the Sun, another one, another Spielberg oh. film, mm-hmm. which uh, with, with young Batman, with young Christian Bale, <laughs> because of how that movie kind of handles war and um, from a child's perspective, opposed to a horse's perspective. But I, I uh, really like that movie. That's one of those Spielberg movies that I think doesn't get enough love. But. All right, so um, normally we do a little bit of game time, but because uh, we're recording on the day before, well, we're recording before the Golden Globes, which are tonight. We're recording this in the morning. Uh, we figured we'd actually run through the nominees and kind of do a little prediction fun. See how that works out. And in the show notes, I guess, since this will come out after the Golden Globes, we'll uh, maybe have like a winner's list or something like that so you can have something to compare it to. But so <laughs> so with that in mind, um, I'm going to start from kind of the bottom and I'll lead up to the higher categories. So that means I'm going to start with best foreign film. And since we have Mark Johnson of war contenders here, I mean, the, the man knows. <laughs> the man. I'll have him lead off his predictions. <laughs> and then we can, we can say, say what's on our mind. But um, I'll just read the nominees here. Best foreign language film, The Flowers of War, In the Land of Blood and Honey, The Kid of a Bike, my favorite of Adam Gentry's, I believe, um, A Separation, and The Skin I Live In, a favorite of Gerard and Adam Gentry's, I believe. Well, it looks like A Separation is one of the favorite foreign films of the year, critically. But the Golden Globes, Hollywood Foreign Press, they a lot of times like to go with the big star production or uh, bigger names. So my prediction for this one uh, was In the Land of Blood and Honey, which is Angelina Jolie's directorial debut. Interesting choice. I Because I know that movie hasn't been given the best regard, but yeah, because it's the Golden Globes, who knows? Right. Remember, remember last year they nominated Jolie and Johnny Depp for that <laughs> yeah. uh, the tourist or whatever oh, that was right. called. I was gonna mention the oh, same you, oh, you mean you mean you mean the, the uh, third worst movie of 2010? Right. Okay. <laughs> that movie. Quality might not. They got destroyed here. by Ricky Gervais as well. Oh right. my god! Yeah, I hated that movie so much. Um, I actually saw a separation uh, this past week, which is a fantastic movie, by the way. That that, that movie, like. That's one of those where I'm like, I didn't know, I couldn't quite tell you why going in this movie was getting so high regard, given like what the subject matter is, but it's, it just grips you. It's impressive how gripping that movie is. It's just really well done, really well acted, really well told story. So I would pick a separation. The Skin I Live In, though, that's a really cool movie. Like, I'd really, if that, if that movie won anything, that'd be awesome, but I don't see that winning just because it's it's a horror movie that's i mean that's the way to boil it down to it's hard to kind of see that winning things just because it's hard to look past certain things sometimes but that uh separation on um rotten tomatoes 68 reviews every single one of them is positive there isn't a single negative review i think it's the highest rated film of 2011 on rotten tomatoes it's, so it's definitely uh, I, I haven't seen it, but I'm. It's I'm very it's very good, Mark. You would, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure it is. Once it once it hits once it hits your area, go check it out. That's fantastic. That's uh, I, I guess I could mention the nations of these: the flowers of wars from China and blood, land of blood and honeys. <laughs> it's what where is it said? It's said in, in it's, um. It's in Bosnia. Bosnia, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's made by Jolie. Uh, Kid of a bike is from Belgium. A separation is Iranian. Skin I live in is from Spain. Um, I'm throwing my hat into the uh, a separation. All right. Um, let's see. Next up, uh, best animated film, and we have The Adventures of Tintin, Arthur Christmas, Cars Two, Puss in Boots, and Rango. I can say right now that I'm all for Rango all the time. 
Yeah. I was going for that, but I was thinking that people aren't really going to remember it. But uh, I'm still going to go with it anyway. I think that it'll win. Rango was actually my favorite of that group. Yeah. But I'm I'm going to actually I'm I'm predicting what will win, and I'm going to go with Adventures of Tintin. Yeah, I think I think sure. Steven Spielberg's going to win out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it seems like it would be between those two. I, I went with Rango also. Well, we'll see. Um, let's see. Okay, now we have best screenplay, and this is a combination of adapted and um, original mm-hmm. screenplay, as opposed to the Oscars, which has them separated. But um, the nominees here we have The Artist by Michael Hazanavicious. Michelle Hazanavicious. I like I said the, the first name, Brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Descendants. Your part. <laughs> the Descendants by Alexander Payne, Nat Faxon, and Jim Rash, the Dean on Community. Uh, the, Ides, <laughs> the Ides of Marx from George Clooney, Grant Heslov, Bill Williamson. Midnight in Paris from Woody Allen. Moneyball from Steve Zalian. Stan Chervin. I gotta put my money on Moneyball. Um, it's been getting some pretty good stuff so far, so that's where I'm thinking that the winner is gonna be. I think this is an Allen year. It was Midnight in Paris. Yeah. I'm gonna actually go with The Descendants. I think that one has the uh, the edge. Yeah, it's not it's not surprising that all three of you went with something different because of all the categories tonight. The one I'm most interested in seeing the outcome of his screenplay because like you mentioned there is no adapted there is no original it's all the favorites into one category mm-hmm. uh any one of them can walk away the winner and i would not be surprised he had to march probably the least of the five yeah but but again with george clooney he had the, the record setting amount of nominations this time i think he was nominated for four different things uh breaking the golden globe record so any one of them really could win i went with the descendants but I, moneyball seems to be the the hot uh pick right now Mm-hmm. So, but but again, what, any of them. What are the? I know. Okay, so I know Clooney was nominated for performance for The Descendants, and he was also nominated for director. And then right here, but what was the fourth one? Uh, he's a producer on something. Maybe let me see here. The Descendants. He was up for. Producer on Ides of March, isn't he? He's up for director oh, for. Oh, I see. Yeah, right. he's, he's, also, he's also a producer on Ides of March. Right. So I think it's picture director uh, for okay. Ides of March. Oh, uh, picture is the one. Yeah. And then yeah. okay, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. He's, a, he's a real renaissance man, that Clooney. The clones <laughs> and they love they love Clooney too. The clones they do. Too. All right. Um, next we have best director. Now from this point on, I just don't, I, I stopped caring about choosing what I think is going to win, and I've only gone with what I want to win. So I'm just putting that out there right now. <laughs> You're going to lose the game. <laughs> it's not much of a game. So it's, it's, okay. Sometimes so. that sometimes that can work out better for so, you. Yeah, sometimes it can my force models. But, um, okay, so Best Director, we have Woody Allen for Midnight in Paris, George Clooney for The Ides of March, Mike Michelle Hazanavicious for The Artist, Alexander Payne for The Descendants, and Martin Scorsese for Hugo. I have gone for Scorsese for Hugo. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, I went with uh, Hazanavicious, or however. Yes, is it, you got is it. Is that, is that, or, I've also heard it Hazanavicious. Yes. So I don't, I don't know. I'm French uh, pronouncing it. But, but either way, the, the director for the artist is what I, I, I went with. Uh, I, I went with that one, too. But I would love to see Alan or, or Scorsese win. Oh, Scorsese would make my night. I also was with, went with Hassan Vicious. I, I kind of feel like he would be the most likely winner. I, I will also mention that it's a little odd that Steven Spielberg is not in this category. It's yeah. a little bit of a True. snub. You know, he didn't get nominated for, well... 
I don't know if people even thought they, he would be nominated for Tintin, but I he think was they, nominated for Warhorse. They really wanted Clooney to show up. I think that's right. What they, exactly. <laughs> that's the surprise in that field. They really wanted Clooney to be there. So. <laughs> um, okay, so now we have best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a motion picture, and we have Berenice Bejo for the artist, Jessica Chastain for the help. Janet McTeer for Albert Nobbs, Octavia Spencer for The Help, and Shailene Woodley for The Descendants. This is where I got uh, help from Mark Johnson. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I went with Octavia Spencer for The Help. Well, now, now you know who I picked. So, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> she's, she's the uh, – I have a feeling she's going to steamroll through the award season. I went with uh, Berenice Bay Show for The Artist, actually. Again, what I'd like to win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I went with Berenice Bejo, but I, I this category is, is is not set in stone. I, I it could be almost anybody. I also would have liked if Melissa McCarthy had been nominated, but she wasn't, so for I was a little bit sad about that. Yeah, for bridesmaids, yeah. For bridesmaids, yeah. Okay, so next up we have best performance by an actor in a supporting role, and we have Kenneth Branagh for My Week with Marilyn, Albert Brooks for Drive, Jonah Hill for Moneyball. Vigo Mortensen with beard for a dangerous method, and Christopher Plummer for Beginners. <laughs> Gotta go with Christopher Plummer. I've been I really liked him in Beginners. I really like that movie overall. Yeah, that would seem to be uh, the front runner. I, I would also pick Christopher Plummer. I'm locked. I'm yeah. locked in on Albert Brooks for Drive. <laughs> yeah, I also have Plummer. He's he's. I think he he likes Spencer might. We might see those same two winning throughout the the, the season, but uh, yeah, Plumber seems like a safe bet. Brooks, you never, never, you never know with Brooks, though. He, that's an interesting. That'd be that'd be awesome if he did win, because yeah. I think that's if there was if there was a if there was a second choice, I would I would go with Albert Brooks. I mean, to win. Yeah. Uh, another thing I have to comment on is Viggo Mortensen being nominated for a Dangerous Method. That's a little odd. I haven't seen him getting very much love right. for that performance, and I no. saw Dangerous Method. So personally, I, I thought he was adequate. I, I and I people have different reactions to this film. I actually liked Kira Knightley's performance in that. I thought actually she right. was she was so like manic and sort of. I mean, look at me, I'm acting. I actually kind of it made me interested in the film. So I thought Viggo Mortensen. It's it's a very subtle performance. I, I'm shocked at that they would even recognize it because it's so like non-actorly it's it's very quiet but it's it's interesting i mean he's a great actor so i i don't resent it it's just a little it's a little odd since you uh, of course since you brought up a dangerous method i now have to ask how was michael fassbender's penis in that movie <laughs> <laughs> no it, it did not make an appearance actually <laughs> it could have there was there was a love scene but it, it didn't. with spanking no okay um that's not a love scene um <laughs> All right, best performance by an actress in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. We have Jodie Foster for Carnage, Charlie Theron for Young Adult, Kristen Wiig for Bridesmaids, Michelle Williams for My Week with Marilyn, and Kate Winslet for Carnage. I went with Kristen Wiig. Um, I think that it's pretty strong that she's showing up on this list, even though Bridesmaids came out a long time ago. So I went with Kristen Wiig. Uh, I have Michelle Williams for My Week with Marilyn. How, how has she been doing in these awards? Has she been winning a lot? She's won a lot Mark. of critic awards. She has okay. A lot of a lot of critic ones. Uh, not we haven't seen too much of the uh, the guilds just nominees so far. But uh, as far as critic awards, yeah, she's one of the along with probably Viola probably have won the two most in that category. More so than Streep, from what I've if I'm right from my chart which I can look up here. But yeah, 
I, I sort of think that Michelle Williams might win, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna actually go with Kristen Wiig. I, I really would like to see her win this award, um, and I think she, there is a fair amount of uh, support behind her. Yeah, I'd say uh, I went with Kristen Wiig as well, and because of the Golden Globes, I think it's yeah, likely actually. Exactly. <laughs> I think yeah, it that, that, that's really the reasoning why too. It's a little bit more fun and so i was like i think she'd make a pretty good speech so i think that they're going to give it to her Mark and I, I, think she'd make a good speech. I, haven't, I haven't seen carnage but seeing jodie foster and kate winslet on this list I, i'm not impugning their performances because i haven't even seen them yet but i feel a little bit like okay they're famous the people wanted to see jodie foster and kate winslet show show up so they got nominated it, it they're not as I, I haven't seen a whole lot of love for their performances until until now i I, I can I see them being nominated. I can see them for Golden they're, Globes. They're, I understand it. I've seen the movie. Right, right. Oh, I, I get great. it. Yes. But I think the chances of Jodie Foster or Kate Winslet walking away with this award is like almost nothing. Yeah, I agree with that. But with that said, I do think they're quite good in Carnage. So I can I can see why the Golden Globes would nominate them. Mm-hmm. I just did a quick count out of the thirty-five critic awards that have that I've followed on my site. Uh, Michelle Williams has won ten of them. Okay. In that wow. So it's pretty good showing so yeah. far. For how, how about uh, Meryl Streep? How how many has she won? Uh, I just left the page. Let me go back real quick. Mark Hovind, I'm surprised you didn't choose a choose a Charlie Theron for. Well, I I mean yeah. I thought, pers- my own personal feeling is that she was she's one of my favorites. Uh, but I I'm trying to pick who. Oh yeah, I yeah, think yeah. You're, you're trying. I forgot. <laughs> I'm trying to pick who will win. All right, for Meryl Streep, she's won two or three. I'm sorry, she won three. Oh, okay. Okay, so best performance by an actor in motion picture, musical, or comedy. We have Jean Dujardin in The Artist, Brendan Gleeson for The Guard, Joseph Gordon-Levitt for Fifty Fifty, Ryan Gosling for Crazy Stupid Love, and Owen Wilson for Midnight in Paris. Personally, I'm going with Brendan Gleeson for The Guard. That movie is hilarious and he's fantastic <laughs> in it. <laughs> that's probably my favorite nomination of the on the entire board is that they got him in there. If it's it, kind of unexpected, yeah. It is, yeah. but if Colin Farrell can win for In Bruges, then I'm picking Brendan Gleeson for the guard. <laughs> and I, I went with, uh, my wife says it's Dujardin. Is that how you say it? I don't know. She took French in high school. And then, so. Dujardin or Dujardin. I'm not going to insult your it. wife on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> how is? Well, how do you say it? You know? Uh, I don't know. Dujardin. I've heard Dujardin. Well, we'll, find, we'll find yeah. out for sure tonight, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I went with Dujardin. Yeah, Dujardin. I went with that pick as well. From the artist, yeah. I, yeah. Same. I, I also went with uh, Jean Dujardin. If he wins and dances on stage, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, best performance by an actress in motion picture drama. We have Glenn Close for Albert Nobbs, Viola Davis for The Help, Rooney Mara for The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Meryl Streep for The Lady with the Iron Tattoo, and Tilda Swinton for We Need to Talk About Kevin. Thanks again, Mark. I went with uh, Viola Davis. Viola Davis, yes. I went with the same thing. I really wish I've seen We Need to Talk About Kevin because I've really wanted to. It just has not spread here yet, but um, I, I went with Viola Davis for the help as well. Uh, my initial prediction on this was actually Meryl Streep. I, I posted my predictions about a week ago. I went with Meryl Streep, but I'm uh, tonight when I do my live blog, I'll have all my predictions up there too. I switched over to Viola Davis because I just I have her for Oscar, I, and I should have had her for critics, and so I'm not going to ma- make that mistake again. I'll have her tonight as well. Okay, next up we have best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama. We have George Clooney in The Descendants, Leonardo DiCaprio in J. Edgar, Michael Fassbender and Michael Fassbender's penis for shame, <laughs> Ryan Gosling for Crazy <laughs> Stupid March, and Brad Pitt for Moneyball. 
This one, I went with uh, Pitt and Moneyball, even though I'm not too sure if he's going to win. So I, I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but I, I'm I'm picking George Clooney to win, um, but I would be more than happy to see Brad Pitt win. Yeah, my, that's my sentiments exactly. Uh, I, I'm kind of rooting for Pitt now in the, in this spot, but I think they, you know, with setting the record with Clooney, I think they're going to want to honor him somewhere. So right, right. I'm going Clooney on this one. I, I pick Clooney just because I generally want him to win. That said, <laughs> we've already established that. Yeah, Brad Pitt's very good too. I mean, yeah, I, and I wouldn't be and, upset. And at notice, all. Uh, just point out, Ryan Gosling was nominated twice for Ides of March in this category yeah, and Crazy Stupid Love. The wrong movies. Right. He was nominated for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> This actually just pits uh, Rusty against Daniel Ocean. Thank you for that. <laughs> it puts Magneto against Jack from Titanic. So that, that classic combo, too. It's not as well conceived as Rusty from Daniel Ocean. Um, next, we have Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. We have The Artist, Bridesmaids, 50-50, Midnight in Paris, or My Week with Marilyn, which is apparently a comedy. Yes, uh, please. Thank you. That's uh, this is one of the this is one of the idiocies of the Golden Globes. There's no reason why my week with Marilyn should be in this category. I have no. no it's not a and comedy. They, and they turned down the help. The help tried to squeeze in as a as a comedy as well here. Comedy. And they turned it they turned it down uh, for comedy and made them go drama. But I would say if any, you know, I wouldn't say either a comedy. But I laughed a lot during the help. I mean, Jessica Chastain's character, oh, yeah. that, mm-hmm. David Spencer. So Octavia it's strange Spencer. they would. Yeah, it's strange that they would turn down the help, but then take my week with Maryland here. So, I heard one thing. I one rationale I heard was that because Viola Davis is being nominated for Best Actress in a Drama, it, if they had put Uh-oh. the help in comedy, she would have to be yeah. nominated for Best Actress in a Comedy, and yeah. Viola Davis's performance is anything but yeah. a comedy. Oh. So that's that's the rationale they gave behind that. Which yeah, that makes, makes sense. sense. I went with the artist. I went with the artist also. Yeah, I think the artist is a shoe in here. As I'm not trying, I went for 50-50. <laughs> Regrettably, I think that's the, that's the last choice, but but it, it was a good film, I agree, but it, I think it's the least likely to win that award. Yeah, but I went with it. It's not going to win, but I'm happy it's in there. I'm happy it's getting recognition. I'm, I'm glad Joseph Gordon-Levitt got nominated as well. Um, oh, oh, and another thing I want to mention, too, this category, what a difference a year makes. This category is very strong. All five films are excellent. And I will direct your attention to last year's nominees. The One tourist. of the worst, the tourist and burlesque for best picture. <laughs> yeah. What so, won last year? What did Toy Story win last year? No, uh, the kids are all right. Oh, which is a decent. Yeah. That's a decent. Oh, that's I mean, a decent pick. I love that movie. I, that I was high on my list last year. Um, okay. Lastly, best motion picture drama: The Descendants, The Help, Hugo, The Ides of March, Moneyball, and War Horse. Funny how there's six for this category. I would love for. Uh... Hugo to win. Yeah. But nice. I think it's going to be the help. So thanks again, Mark Johnson. I, I went for Hugo, of course. So. Yeah. Oh, I, I, okay. So I went with the Descendants. I think the Descendants is the most, uh, I think it's going to win this award. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where you got the help from, but. Uh, seen a lot of the help <laughs> on your was oh, okay. I thought you meant from my prediction. Like, no, no, yeah. No, no. Okay. Yeah. The help's a great, that's a great upset pick. I think that's possible, but. I think the Golden Globes a lot of times likes to set up the showdowns for Oscar. And this year, it seems like the Descendants and the Artist are the two most likely winners for Best Picture for the Oscar. So I think they have the perfect opportunity to to set that up by going the Artist for comedy and then the Descendants for drama. Sounds good. I agree. Yeah. All right. So that, well, that concludes our, our prediction segment for the Golden Globes, which will be announced 
well, tonight, Sunday on the 15th. And so, yeah, by the time you hear the show, the winners will, of course, be announced so you can make fun of all of us. Um. <laughs> you, can see, you can see just how intelligent my predictions are and, and then, of course, view my site more often. You know how that works. Yes. <laughs> Great plug. <laughs> So um, let's see. That's going to bring us to what we're going to talk about next week, and um, which, well, we get to do a box office prediction for the first time in weeks now. But um, we're going to talk about Haywire, the new Steven Soderbergh action film uh, starring Gina Carano of MMA fame, among many others, including Michael Fassbender, Michael Douglas, Antonio Banderas, Channing Tatum, Bill Paxton, Ewan McGregor. It's a it's a star it's a star filled cast. It is. Um, but yeah, with all that in mind, let's try to do a box office prediction for Haywire of all movies. This this could be tough. Um, I'll just set things up right now. We still have currently Contraband, Beauty and the Beast are out. And then next week you have the release of Underworld 4 and um, George Lucas's Red Tails. Um, it's fun to say that. Um, but yeah, so Haywire. Oh man, the sp- predicting the spot on this alone is going to be difficult yeah. <laughs> let's see i'm gonna yeah i'm, I'm gonna go with the uh, second and i'll say uh 22 million okay i love abe <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna jesus i'm gonna go i'm gonna go fourth and say oof, i don't know i'll go eight eight million I'll go third. All right. And I'll say, well, is this Price is Right rules where if you're all over, I go a dollar, I win? Yeah. 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 Okay, then I'll go one dollar. And Ho- <laughs> Hoban, Hoban, don't cock block me with two dollars. <laughs> no two dollar bets here. Do it. <laughs> all right, well, I'll go with seven million. I'll, I'll, I'll go render Abe. There you go. Or not Abe, uh, no, Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, mine was yeah, the highest. Yeah. <laughs> 22. No, no, 22. 22. 21. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we can laugh at Abe next week, but uh, this week, that's going to do it for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog site, thecodezeek.com, where you can find all my written reviews, as well as whysoblue.com, where you can find all our latest Blu-ray reviews. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Aaron's three. Uh, Abe? Uh, you can find more of my work at walrusmoose.blogspot.com, two animals, walrusmoose.blogspot.com, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Mark Johnson. Uh, you can find all of my award predictions at awardcontenders.com, also reviews and trailers, etc. there. Uh, also, you can follow me on Twitter at awardcontenders. I want to just second uh, Mark's award contender site just because it's very good. It's very a good way to, you know, really keep up. Very with, thorough. Yeah. yeah. yeah really and keep, you, keep, you update, like, constantly. Yeah, he's yeah. working nonstop, and, like, it it, <laughs> it, it helps that, because, you know, you see you see all the big awards, you see the Oscars, the Golden Globes, but it's neat to see all the, you know, the small the smaller awards that don't go as well publicized. That's a, awardcontenders.com is a very good site to just get all that information out there, so that's kudos, Mark. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. And uh, Marco. And you can find more of my work at fastfilmreviews.wordpress.com. That's Fast Film Reviews, all one word. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Mark underscore Hoban. Great. And yeah, you can find all the episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes. All of them are there. You can also find all of them at hhwlod.com, where you can check out our show as well as the other shows like Walking Dead TV Podcast, Legion of Dudes. There's a good bunch of shows to talk about comics and games and movies and stuff they're just a good bunch of guys over there you can also find uh, some of the newest episodes at outnow.podomatic.com and a few exclusives 
And you can email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com and, you know, make sure to remind Abe as to why horses are important for, you know, glue <laughs> and, uh, you know, com- commend uh, Mark once again for, you know, his site and his appearance on our show, <laughs> as well as Mark Hoban for, you know, making his reviews fast and quick. So, finally, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast where you can like our page and we always update it. We follow the, all our stuff. It's fun to keep the updates going and, you know, have people interact as they please. So that's that. And that's all of that, really. So until next time, so long. And take care. Yeah. <laughs> <Is> that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and goodbye. <laughs> that's a hard one to remember. <laughs> that's a recording. <laughs>